Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 16 and 17. I invite you to hear the voice of God speaking to us through these words of Holy Scripture. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. That evening they brought to him many who were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our Lenten sermon series this year is called Broken Vessels. We're exploring healing and recovery with Jesus through the stories in the Gospel of Matthew. This week, we're exploring in particular physical health and healing and wholeness. We said earlier that beach glass begins as something that is discarded, no longer considered valuable. It's just trash that someone throws away. It's something to be ignored. And in the discarding, those bottles get broken. It creates jagged edges, raw edges on the pieces of that glass. And yet, as they are tumbled, they become shards of treasure found right there among the seaweed and the grains of sand on the beach. In our passage today, we have a leper, and lepers were discarded in that society. Leprosy covered a variety of skin ailments. Anything from eczema and psoriasis to what we actually diagnose as leprosy. If you had anything wrong with your skin, you were going to be labeled a leper and sent to a leper colony. Because they knew it was contagious, but they didn't know the differences. So they just were going to discard you just in case to keep from anyone else getting it. Leper colonies were horrible places to be. First of all, if you were sent there with eczema or psoriasis, with people who actually had leprosy, the chances were you're going to catch it because now you're living with them. But they couldn't go home to their families, and their families couldn't visit them. And anytime anyone got close to a leper, a leper was required by law to say, I'm a leper! I'm a leper! Don't come any closer! Don't touch me! Every time I read that, my heart breaks a little bit. I'm so very grateful that I don't have to stand up and go, I talk too much. I talk too much. Don't come any closer. Don't start a conversation with me. You'll never get out of it. But a leper was a horrible thing to be. Incredibly discarded. No one touched you. 
out of fear and out of revulsion. Not touching, of course, was the very best way to be careful to prevent the spread of a disease that they didn't really understand and didn't know much about except that it was contagious. Does that sound familiar at all? This year, we too have avoided touch. We've covered our faces. We've gloved our hands. We've refrained from touching and hugging one another. And while it is the best way to prevent the spread of another disease that we know is contagious but have still been learning about, it has created a lack of touch that we needed It has created some brokenness. It has left us with some jagged edges on our hearts. There are other things that break us, not just pandemics. There's political tensions, racial tensions, economic situations. Relationships can break us when a beloved partner leaves or betrays us. Friends can break us when we realize what they've been saying about us or when the group closes us out. Jobs downsize. Businesses close. Markets begin to value other skills and we feel discarded, unwanted, and unneeded. Tragedies. Medical diagnoses. Deaths relocations, they can all create jagged edges in our hearts and our lives. The good news, the gospel after all is good news, it's what that word actually means. The good news is that Jesus doesn't want us broken. Society, circumstances, and disease looked at the man in our passage today and declared him anathema. But Jesus looked at that man and declared him valuable. Jesus saw treasure, not trash. This man was worthy of his attention. This man was worthy of his time and of his touch. Jesus saw his future, not just his frailty. He saw his boldness, not just his brokenness. Jesus loved that leper. And out of love, chose to make him whole in body and soul. This morning, I would say to you that Jesus is still saying the same thing to us. Our society and our circumstances may say that we are worthless, but Jesus does not. Though we might feel discarded, Jesus never gives up on us. He never throws us away. No matter how many times others may push you away, Jesus will always be waiting with open arms to welcome you in. No matter how broken we may feel, our pieces are never so shattered that Jesus doesn't begin to gather the pieces and put them back together. When Jesus looks at you and I, he doesn't see trash. He sees treasure. How do I know this? Remember the song we're little? The Bible tells me so. That's how I know. 
All four gospel accounts of Jesus' life are full of Jesus going around touching people, talking to people, crossing social boundaries, disrespecting those who thought they were owed the most respect, and respecting those who had been discarded like trash. After all, he came to set the captives free, not only from sin, but from social prisons. He came to bind up the brokenhearted as well as the physically broken. In Psalm 139, we hear the words, You are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit you together in your mother's womb. In Psalm 147 and in Isaiah 61, we hear about what the Messiah came to do. I invite you to hear these words from Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners, to proclaim the year of God's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities. Such good news in there. He comes to bring good news. To bind up broken hearts. To release us from the prisons we find ourselves in. To comfort us when we mourn. And to restore things that have been destroyed and devastated. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that we have this treasure. This love of God given to us. We have it but we have it in clay pots, clay jars. We are fragile and able to be broken, but we are still treasure. And all of this happens because of what the gospel writer John says in chapter 3, because God so loved the world. Because God so loved us. In all of Jesus' healing episodes, the healed individuals received more than just their physical restoration and changed bodies. They received changed circumstances as well. The leper isn't just set free from his disease. He is delivered from the dis-ease of his ostracism. He can go home. He is returned to community. He can work and contribute he can take care of a family now. He can provide for those who may depend on him. He could marry and have children and leave a legacy. He can share meals with friends. He can have friends. He can return to the community of faith, to attending worship and observing religious festivals. In other words, he doesn't just be healed from his disease. He gets his life back. Now granted, that life is not going to look the same. This isn't time travel. We aren't winding back the days. 
If he had a home and property before, he's probably lost them. If he had a wife and family, they probably had to remarry to someone else to be taken care of. The job, the career, the fields are probably gone, but he has the opportunity to rebuild from here. Life can be restored. Never the way it was, but it can be good again. And so what do we do a century, centuries later as we look at our brokenness and healing? Let's talk for just a second about that individually and as a community. Individually, friends, we have a need for touch. We know that infants, if they do not, are not held and loved, they can suffer from something called failure to thrive. We know that those who are, do not engage with family and friends can begin to feel hopeless. We have a need to be in community. We also have a need to take care of ourselves. We call it self-care. We sometimes need to set boundaries. Those boundaries have been lost in large part to the fact that many of you are working from home. Where's the boundary between work and home when it all happens right here? And I don't know about you, but it was interesting for about two weeks. And then it began to wear on me. Zoom was wonderful for being able to see people and stay in contact for a little while. And now every meeting online feels twice as long as the meeting actually is. It takes twice as much energy to accomplish as much as it did before this pandemic changed things for us. Give yourself permission to rest, to set some boundaries. You need to sleep. You need to eat well. You need to move and you need to play and laugh. These are needs that God created us with in order to be healthy and whole. And you need to connect with God. We were not made to be out here alone. We were made to be connected to our Creator and to others. My favorite scripture, if I have to narrow it down to just one, is Luke 10, 27 which says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Your heart is your spirit, that part that connects with God, and your strength is your body. But you need to do something for all four of those areas every day. You need to do something for your body. You need to eat well, make good choices, and get some movement. You need to do something for your mind. Read, study, think, work a puzzle. You need to do something for your soul. Look for beauty, for art, for music, out in nature, and do something for your spirit. Connect with God through prayer, through meditation, through scripture reading. And there are wonderful ways you can combine more than one of those. You can take a walk outside while listening to scripture or pray while you're walking. You can go to an art gallery and sit and contemplate and listen for the voice of God. You can listen to good music while you're cooking a meal. 
Jesus wants you healthy and whole. Not broken, battered, exhausted, and beaten down. And then how do we do that as a community? We can do that by thinking about the boundaries that we create. The ways we exclude people. How can we transcend those boundaries? Who is hurting? And how can we ease that pain? Who is hurting others? Or what policies are hurting or hindering healing for others? And how can we stand against that? Every day we get small opportunities to do that. To be the calm, non-anxious presence is the word they use with us clergy. Be a calm, not... In other words, don't make people's anxiety worse. Make it better. You could be the most patient customer in the store or in traffic. You could compliment someone genuinely while you're waiting in a line or in a doctor's office. You could smile at someone. We do it with our eyes now, but you can smile at people. Hold the door for someone. Get something off an upper shelf. Call someone you haven't seen. Send an email. Write a note. Listen to people when they talk and need to be with others. You could host a watch party online for one of our worship services. You could invite someone to review Bar Church, which during February was make a mental note about being healthy and whole mentally. And you could cook a meal. Maybe when you're cooking for your family, make two. Take one and make it a porch offering to somebody. Leave it on the porch, knock on the door, wave at them through the screen, and leave them a meal. We have opportunities to choose to let God make us whole. To take our brokenness and put it together. And we have opportunities as followers of Christ to help others discover the same. Life is hard. It batters us around and it breaks us. And circumstances can shatter us and tell us we are not worthy. Jesus doesn't wish that for us, but he will walk it with us. God didn't send it, but he will help us to mend it. Because you are loved, you are valued, you are seen, and you are treasured. No matter how broken, no matter how previously discarded, no matter how shattered you are by circumstances or battered by life's waves, you are treasure. Thanks be to God. Amen.